Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 260 of the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Adam, and I'm not joined by Jill because she's getting married. So I'm joined by Andrea. Hello. Hello. How you doing? I'm good. I didn't want to do this episode by myself, and you had just guilt-tripped me for accidentally inviting you <laughs> to a meeting. That, and then deleting me from said meeting. Listen, that the meeting, we have another person named Andy, A-N-D-I, and you are Andrea. And so I was putting everything in Outlook, and I just typed A-N-D. And it should be a compliment, because I interact with you more often than Clearly I do Clearly the favorite. Yeah. So your sass, Andrea was sassing me about not being in the office this morning when we have a meeting later. And I was like, what the hell are you talking about? See, I even responded. I even sent you the send response option versus yeah. the don't send a response option. Which I respect. Wait, you're right, I did see it. It's not a big deal. And in real time, real time podcasting, Andy just accepted my meeting invite for later. So everything's fine. But because of that, I was like, actually, now that you're sassing me, would you like to join me for the podcast? So to everyone else, you're welcome for that. Really, that was like, that was like a bad episode of The Office. Um, All is right in the world of overdrive, 2 p.m. meetings. That's right. <laughs> uh, so today is going to be our September books which normally Jill and I go back and forth and we tell you all the books we're most excited about for the upcoming month. Jill's not here. So what we're going to do is I have a bunch of books that I'm going to suggest. And Andrea hasn't hasn't heard these books yet, so she's just going to react in real time, whether she's interested or not. React. Judge. Yeah, that's fine. Snark. Exactly. Um, For people who want to get a hold of us, they can find us at professionalbooknerds.com. You can find us on Pinterest, or not Pinterest. We're not on that. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at ProBookNerds. Um, and go leave us a review and, and a five-star rating in iTunes if you haven't already. Andrea, have you ever done that? Yes, I'm I have. I know you have. Because <laughs> I made you do it one time. Under duress. Yes. Okay. So <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I have 12 books that we're going to talk about. Does that make mine number 13? Um, I, yes. Unless you already have it. I didn't put it in. Oh, okay. So you're good. But there is one in here specifically because of you. That I wonder which one yeah. that is. Listeners will have to find out. Um, so I'm just going to go through these. I will do a description of them, explain what they're all about, and then get your... You just feel free. Literally, you can just be like a, like a, a peanut gallery. You can just chime in. You can be like the, the old Muppets at the top. Like Statler and Waldorf just... <laughs> heckling just you heckling. from above. Just heckling Should I my raise Fozzie. my chair? Yeah, no one will see it, but I will. <laughs> um, yeah, I will I will be the Fozzie to your Statler and Waldorf. So. Okay. Side uh, note. Yes. I've been watching a lot of Disney Junior having a toddler, not just because I like it. <laughs> um, and they have the new Muppet Babies. Uh, yeah. Like, uh-huh. And the Statler and Waldorf are their neighbors. Awesome. And they don't show up as often, but every once in a while, they're like the mean, grumpy guys whose yard that can't go in. Yeah, like every So when the ball goes over there, they're like, well. That's super funny. And they have to go on like a mission to get it from their yard without being caught. Now, is the nanny, it's Muppet Babies, right? Yes. So is the nanny so like you don't see her face or anything? Correct. And okay. she always has fun tights on that relate to their adventure of the day. That's wonderful. And it's um, Jenny Slater. Jenny Slate. Slate. Yeah. She's the voice of the nanny. Is it the same song? Muppet yes, baby. and it's sung by the original Angela, um, Angelica Schuyler. That's, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Do, 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 so it's very do, do. catchy. Like, uh, I appreciate that when it comes okay. on. Well, when we're done recording, I'm going to listen to that. Okay. We'll keep talking about Muppets in a minute. We can just, <laughs> we can just 
we can just like put a little bit of Muppets within it everywhere we go. All right, my first one is In Pieces. It is the autobiography by Sally Field. Um, we always have a couple of, I feel like I need to like, explain to you how our podcast works, even though you're on it all the time and you listen. Um, What's a podcast? Yeah, who's a podcast? Uh, no, but it's an autobiography of Sally Field, who is one of the most celebrated and beloved and enduring actors of our time. She's worked for five decades, which is crazy. Shut up. I know. Um, so she was in Gidget, and she was Sybil, and a million other things. She was Mary Todd Lincoln, and all sorts of other things. I think she was the one who was like, you like me, you really like me. Yeah. She was, yeah. Um, so yeah, I am very, I'm interested. I don't really need to describe that one very much, but. I have no sass or judgment on this one, because I, too, love Sally Fields. Yeah. Also, they have a, like, the cover of it is her younger. Like, she was a babe. She was. Yeah. So. She was very pretty. She's still very pretty. Yeah. You, but can, be a, you can be a, an older lady babe. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Um, she did not glow up. She continued to remain <laughs> phenomenal. That's my basically. favorite thing. Every time I get a haircut, <laughs> I come back to my wife, and I'm like, I glowed up. And she's like, please stop saying that. <laughs> you just got a haircut, Adam. You Matthew Lewis. Yeah. Except for this time, I didn't get a good haircut. I... Went to the place. We're going to have more tangents than normal, everyone, because Andrew and I can't stay on topic. I went to get a haircut, and it's not where I normally get my haircut because I'm a nomad right now. I don't have a house. And they, as she was doing the bulk of the cutting of my hair, she like, turned me away from the mirror. Ooh. And it was just having conversations with me and just cut, cut, cutting. And like, I don't, I've had really long hair. I've had literally shaved my head bald, so I don't really care. But then she turned me around, and just, all my hair was gone. And she's like, what do you think? And I can't be like, put it back. <laughs> Please glue my hair back yeah. onto where you found it. <laughs> I'm not a cheap pet. Um, oh, well. My next one is called The Dinner List by Rebecca Surley. So we always ask at the end of our author interviews, our nerd nine, and one of them is if you could have dinner with one person alive or dead, who would you pick? This book is all about having five different people, it sounds like, um, at like a dinner party with this one main character. And it's uh, Sabrina is arriving for her 30th birthday and she arrives at a table not just with her best friend but three significant people from her past and Audrey Hepburn. What? Yeah. Um, <laughs> like Audrey Hepburn or Audrey Hepburn wannabe? No, actual Audrey Hepburn. So as Back the from the dead? Um, I, it's not clear. Um, it says as the appetizers are served, wine poured, and the dinner t- table conversation begins, it becomes clear that there's a reason these six people have been gathered together. Maybe it's some sort of, like, clue. Like, the, the movie clue. If Tim Curry is not involved, I don't care. Well, I mean, I guess you could... It's a book, so I guess you could imagine that Tim Curry is involved. Well, running around the house, pretending mm-hmm. to stab people, and one plus one plus two plus one. <laughs> nice. People are describing it, and by people, I mean Gabrielle Zevin, who's the New York Times bestselling author of The Story Life of A.J. Fickrey and Young Jane Young, as... Wistful, delicious, romantic, magical love. I'm down for it. Yeah. Like I said, we always ask people that, and I was like... I wonder why Audrey Hepburn. I'm sure that'll be answered. I think you have to read on to Uh, find out. I was always nothing against Audrey, but I was always a bigger fan of Catherine. I... I know there's no relation. I have no take between the two, (laughs) if I'm being honest. I feel like Catherine would have been more fun to get drunk with. Which one likes... Which one is in connected with Truman Capote? Catherine. Okay. I would. I always think Audrey's classy, 
Catherine's going to tell it to your face. <laughs> okay, I can get down with that. Uh, my next one is Wild Card by Marie Lou. Jill and I both absolutely like devoured Warcross, which was the first one of these. And this is the second. I'm reading it right now. It's really, really, really good. Um, Emika Chen is the main character. She is a bounty hunter. And in the first one, she's trying to help uh, this main guy who is has created this thing called Warcross, a super, super popular uh, virtual reality game. And there's this huge championship going on, and someone's trying to like sabotage it. And then things happen in the first one. And it's just if you're a nerd and you love gaming or technology or good writing or Marie Lou at all, <laughs> you'll love the first one. And the second one so far is just like more of the same, just absolute badass ladies and coding that I don't understand and hacking and all sorts of really cool stuff. Sounds like um, updated Ready Player One. Um, less pop culture references so okay. far. Um, I would say like updated War Games the that movie. Okay. Speaking of yeah. Ready Player One, since I think that's part of Ready Player One, you have to like recite all of War Games. Maybe I think so. Um, Did you take that phone call? No, she, I sure? think it was a accidental dial because it immediately hung up. Okay, I'll say we can pause <laughs> it. Um, I didn't. Yeah, I haven't read this one, but I did like her Young Elites series. I have not read that. That was a good one. But I, I mean, I, you should check these. I don't think I have the first one, but I have the second one as a physical book if you want, because it doesn't come out until later the month. Okay. But you have other stuff that you have to read. I do. Um, the next one is An Absolutely Remarkable Thing by Hank Green, who is going to be coming on the podcast later this month. Um, I laugh because in the pitch, the the publicist was like, hey, Hank Green, brother of John Green. And I was like, I bet that irritates him. That's like the first thing you say. Joe Hill, son of Stephen King. Yeah, exactly. Um, but Hank Green and his brother John do all sorts of stuff together. Called, like the Vlog Brothers. Yes. A wildly popular YouTube show. Um, and he also does SciShow and Crash Course. Crash Course. Um, he's really, really big on the internets, and people love him. And so this is his debut novel. It's a fantasy slash kind of sci-fi novel. And it's all about there's this 23-year-old... Named April May. So I feel like he's going in the complete opposite direction of John. It's like fantasy in a 20-year-old yeah. versus realistic fiction. In yeah, a it teen. certainly seems that way. Yeah, so there's this 23-year-old woman, April May. And she comes across this giant sculpture, and it looks like a 10-foot-tall Transformer wearing samurai armor. And April and her friend Andy make a video with it, and they have a whole bunch of fun. And they go to bed, and they wake up the next morning, and their video has gone viral. Because these things, which they're called the Carls, which Carl is my favorite name. That's what they're calling these. Carl. Carl. So good to see you, Carl. Um, There's these Carls that are all over the world. They're like popped up overnight. And people don't know what they are. And there's this crazy amount of interest in it. So because they were the first person to like post a video with it, April and Andy are... Oh, I'm just realizing. April and Andy. It's like Parks and Recreation. I bet that's where where he got that from. Um, April. Ship it. (laughs) I do ship this. Uh, <laughs> April and Andy are like a part of the like international media sensation and trying to figure out what the hell is going on. And it just sounds very mysterious and interesting. And um, See, if these things popped up in the middle of nowhere overnight, I'd be like, well, we're all going to die. For sure. I would not be interested in be like, ooh, what's happening? I'd be like, well, this is the end. It's like the movie The Iron Giant, but there's a whole bunch of them. 
and they're not voiced by Vin Diesel and you know cuddly giants even if they are made they of might metal. be we don't know I don't trust it we have to read on don't trust it <laughs> uh, <laughs> my my next one is called Sea Prayer by Khaled I think it's Khaled Hassani S-E-E or S-E-A H-O-S-S-E-I-N-I it's he no, wrote C. the kite S-E-A like the S-E-A. C. it's the guy who wrote the kite runner so I should know how to say his name and I'm sure I'm going to get someone yelling at me for it um, but this is, it's technically classified as juvenile fiction, so you could read this with your daughter. Uh, it's a short, powerful, illustrated book all about, it's Khaled's response to, like, the refugee crisis that we're currently oh, okay. going through at the moment. Um, so it's just basically a vivid portrait of a family in Syria and before the war and what's happening in the war. kind of reminded me of, um, oh, shoot, what is it called? It's Ta-Nehisi Coates, um, Between the World and Me, I think. It's like a love letter that he wrote to his son. Um, I, I'm going to Google it. find it. Yeah, Ta-Nehisi Coates. I think it's Between, yeah, like between the World and Me. I like that it's um, a recent thing, but illustrated for current event is what I was going for. Um, uh-huh. But for <laughs> juvenile kids and illustrated to kind of like yeah, not beat them over the head with something, but also to help them be aware of what's happening. Yeah, I'm a big fan of children's books that deal with tough topics, but do yeah. it in a way that you can They're not going to be up all night terrified. Exactly. And it certainly seems, and it looks like um, what I'm reading, a whole bunch of the proceeds go to the UN Refugee Agency um, to help families stay finding safe homes and all sorts of stuff. Um, so it's nice that it's going to a good cause. So normally we tell people to borrow books, but if you can and you want to purchase this book, your money is going to a good cause. So that's Sea Prayer, S-E-A. Uh, my next one is called The Seven and a Half Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle. That was on my list. Okay. That's not my, I mean, that was not the book I was thinking of and going to mention, but yeah, that's on there. Do you want to talk about it? Do you know anything about it yet? Um... I can give the description while you're looking it up, and then you can give us your thoughts. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Okay, so it's by Stuart Turton, and it, the description is thusly. The rules of Blackheath. Evelyn Hardcastle will be murdered at 11 p.m. There are eight days and eight witnesses for you to inhabit. We'll only let you escape once you tell us the name of the killer. And then, basically, this Evelyn Hardcastle is going to die... And every day until Aiden Bishop can identify her killer and break the cycle, uh, every day he wakes up. Aiden a boy or a girl? Aiden sounds like a boy. I think Aiden's a boy. Yeah. Uh, So Aiden wakes up every single day, but he's in a different guest. And those guests are witnesses to what happened, and he has to kind of piece together everything. Yeah. That's that's what I gathered. Like a murder mystery Groundhog Day. Oh, they just should have used that as their description. That's all I needed to say. There's no way this murder is ever going to end. <laughs> See, I um, yeah, I think it sounds really interesting. Yeah. Although there's one thing I am confused about. It was originally published somewhere else, maybe the UK. Don't quote me on that. Um, as like the seven deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle. And in the US, it's the seven and a half. So that's one of the things where I want to go up to publisher and be like, oh my God, you're right. I want to be like, why the half? That's great. I'm just seeing that now. I just looked it like up Harry Potter there. and the Philosopher's Stone versus Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. I kind of get because we in the U.S. would be like our dummies, right? <laughs> but why the half? 
That's is a there really a reason, question. or were they just trying to differentiate? I just... That's a good question. By the way, speaking of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, if you go to your library's <laughs> Overdrive website, if you're a U.S. library, you can borrow it. And that was free. our Harry Potter drop for the episode. Exactly, yeah. No waitlist, no holds. <laughs> you can go to your website. Canadian, they have Philosopher's Stone. All you need is a library card. Um, you may have seen it on Mashable or Nerdist or the Toronto Star. Or the previous or the Podcast. previous nine episodes where I've talked about it. <laughs> um, yeah, that's really that's really funny. I just noticed that. Yeah, outside of the U.S., it's called The Seven Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle. And here it's The Seven and a Half. So celebrate U.S. readers because we get an extra half death. That's <laughs> Boom. <laughs> All right, my next one is called Lake Success. Um, this is all about a hedge fund manager who oversees $2.4 billion of assets and has like an existential crisis and he's stressed out by an SEC investigation (laughs) um, and his three-year-old's diagnosis of autism. So he freaks out. Uh, He flees New York City on a Greyhound bus for like a simpler life uh, with his old college sweetheart. And meanwhile, his super smart wife, Seema, a driven first-generation American who craved the picture-perfect life that comes with wealth, has their own demons to face. How these two flawed characters navigate this chaos of their own making is at the heart of this piercing exploration of the 0.01%. Uh, basically, it just sounds like rich people having a terrible time. and Rich people having rich people problems? Yeah, but I'm all, I'm all for hearing that they are real, they're real people, too. So um, Yeah, but this guy sounds like he sucks. He does sound like he sucks. But I mean, a lot of guys suck, and a lot of and guys and older guys with money tend to really suck. Older guys with money who abandon their wife and kids suck more. Yeah, I'm hoping to be an older guy with money someday, so I can break the cycle and show people how to do, <laughs> how to do it. Look, I'm old and I have money, and I'm here for my family. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping to do. That's my squad goals. So, um, that one's called Lake Success. Man, when I have the when I have to be the one who picks all these books myself, it's really hard. <laughs> Normally I can go back and forth. And <laughs> you have time to breathe. Seriously, I feel like, and I've had a lot of coffee today. Sorry. People are going to have to slow this one down, I think. Um, the next one is called The Mermaid and Mrs. Hancock by Imogen Hermes <gasps> Gowar. Tell me more. Okay, I will. That's part of the podcast. Um, <laughs> nope, that's it. Next book. <laughs> next book. Uh, in 1780s London, a prosperous merchant finds his quiet life upended when he receives a most unusual creature. So this person took his boat and traded it for what they are describing as a mermaid. Uh, the object is brown and wizened. Why wizened? Wizened. I think it's wizened. It's as small as an infant and it has vicious teeth and claws and a torso that ends in a tail. But it's dead. Oh, boo. However. Oh. <laughs> Gossip spreads through the docks, coffee shops, parlors, and brothels. All of London is curious to see this marvel in Jonah Hancock's possession. Did I say John Hancock the first time? I think you did. I think I did, too. Either that or we're still coming down off the Hamilton High. It's Herbie (laughs) Hancock. That's from Time Boy. Uh, Thrust from his ordinary existence, somber Jonah finds himself moving from the city's seedy underbelly to the finest drawing rooms of high society. At an opulent party, he makes the acquaintance with the coquettish... Angelica Neal, the most desirable woman he has ever laid eyes on. Woo! And a shrewd courtesan of great accomplishment. This meeting sparks a perilous liaison that steers both of their lives into a dangerous new course. And they come to realize that priceless things often come at the greatest costs. Exactly. Is this based off that fake mermaid monkey 
that um, skeleton thing. Maybe. I don't know when that came about. I, I just know that I've seen that. So um, just a little peek behind the curtain. Most of these books I haven't read yet. Well, I know that, but I was just, so I that don't was, know. That's what it made me that. think of when it was like it's this thing as big as an infant, but it's dead and it's got this sharp. Teeth. I mean, it might be. It's very possible. Uh, that was definitely fake, and it was from um, Greatest Showman, P.T. Barnum. He had that Barnum. fake thing. You mean everything wasn't real? No, it, unfortunately not. Speaking um, of P.T. Barnum, this is a movie though. Go go ahead. The Little Mermaid. Have you seen previews for that? No. <gasps> It's not the, it's not Disney. Disney's still not got around to getting off their butts and creating the live version of The Little Mermaid. But well, I mean, it's underwater. They're making Mulan right now, yo. Yeah, but they're not having the Make a Man Out of You song and they're not? Shang's not in it, so who cares? I'm just kidding. I'm going to go see it, but I'm, yeah, it's I'm still a little bitter. A, it's still going to make a billion dollars. <laughs> I'm still I'm bitter about those two things. Circling back to this Little Mermaid. Um so I'm pretty sure it's P.T. Barnum and he gets a mermaid and it's a legit mermaid. Mm-hmm. And it's about this girl and her brother who believe he played Peter in um, Chronicles of Narnia. Oh, okay. He's still a boy? I feel like that guy... No, he, he, he grew. I'll say. He, but did, that's like... Did he glow up? He glowed. Wow. He glowed. He um, glowed hard. Okay, so um, Mermaid, P.T. Barnum... So they're trying to like rescue her. And mm. it's um, told... The little girl is telling the story to, like, her granddaughter because her granddaughter is like, mermaids aren't real. And she's like, oh, yeah? Is, isn't this just the movie Splash? No. But with P.T. Barnum? No. Because they're trying to save her. I don't know how I feel from about... From the circus. I don't know how I feel about P.T. Barnum having a moment. Like, He's Greatest the, Showman... But, okay, but, like, Greatest Showman where, like, Hugh Jackman was, like, not that bad of a guy. Yeah. No, this P.T. Barnum is 100% a jerk. Good, because he's an absolute dumpster fire of a human. Yeah, they, they make him the dumpster. I'm assuming, from what I can tell from the plot and the, uh... Trailer? Trailer, yes. That he is... <laughs> he's still dumpster fiery. Um, my next one is called Sadie by Courtney Summers. So, this is a young adult thriller... And it's all about this girl, Sadie, whose young, younger sister, Maddie, uh, gets murdered, unfortunately, or she's found dead, rather. And Sadie's world begins to crumble. And so Sadie is trying to go and figure out what the hell happened because uh, basically the police investigation was, like, botched and they messed it up and she doesn't believe them. So that's her side of the thing and then there's this guy West McRae who's a radio personality working on a segment about a small forgotten town in America he overhears about Sadie's story and he creates his own podcast basically like serial and so it's a combination of this uh, young adult mystery but also this person who's also doing a podcast about it about his name West McRae West McRae is such a it's West McRae West, oh. I didn't even put the T in there it, it's still so, um, I might like it more yeah it it's very much like you know props to Courtney Summers she was like you know what people really love cereal you know what else they love <laughs> murder mysteries so I you know I'm not gonna fault her so by the way did you watch uh, Sharp Objects we actually just started it last night are you familiar with the book well I know of the book I did not read the book <laughs> you know that it exists I know that it is out there okay the ending is bananas but I won't better or worse than Gone Girl I, same author, right? Same author. I haven't read either of the books. Okay. And I also haven't seen Gone Girl. Oh, well. So I don't know how much of a frame of <laughs> reference I have. 
I really liked Gone Girl. I feel like I was one of the few people who was about that ending. I'm not going to, because I know maybe yeah, don't. some. Yeah. But I know there are people who were like, that was the worst. And I was like, that was the best. Krista? I don't remember. Did she not like it? I don't remember. I, I miss her. It. I miss her, too. I was just talking to her earlier. Krista had a baby, guys. It's, he- it's healthy and wonderful, but... But new mom props. Yeah, new mom props. Um, next, speaking... Oh, speaking of children. <laughs> this book is called Daughter of a Daughter of a Queen. It's by Sarah Bird, and it is historical fiction. It tells the story of Kathy Williams, who was a former slave and the only woman to ever serve on the legendary Buffalo Soldiers, which seems pretty, pretty cool. Uh, so... There was this woman, Kathy Williams. Uh, she was technically a slave, but her mother never let her think of herself as a slave. She said that you're the daughter of a daughter of a queen Aww. from back in Africa. So she was born into bondage on this tobacco farm. And um, according to her mother, she was a captive destined by her noble warrior blood to escape the enemy. Her chance of freedom presents itself. When the arrival of the Union General Philip Henry smash him up Sheridan, the outcast of West Point, who takes the raw-boned, prideful young woman into his service. Um, at the end of the war, having tasted freedom, Kathy refuses to return to the servitude of working on a farm and makes the monumental decision to disguise herself as a man and join the Buffalo Soldiers, which is the Army's legendary troop of men. Something about historical fiction where the women, or women, women, the ladies, dress up as a man to do man things uh-huh. that they, you know, weren't believed that they could do because they were a woman. Makes yeah. me so happy. You mean like Mulan? Like Mulan! Just saying. Yeah, and apparently, like I said, I, I wasn't familiar with Kathy Williams, but this is apparently true. Like, she was a Buffalo soldier. No word on whether or not she was a dreadlock Rasta. That's a Bob Marley <laughs> joke, everybody. The Buffalo soldier. I don't know if that's the melody, but that, I, I yeah, can hear it in my Rasta. head, yeah. but Fighting I can't. In, yeah. Vocalizing it is. Yeah. So, the next one, Escaping from Houdini. Go. Carrie! It's by Carrie Maniscalco, previous previous guest of the podcast, future guest of the podcast. You're welcome, podcast listeners. Yeah. So, another peek behind the curtain. (laughs) A couple weeks ago, Andrea comes up to me. She says, you know how you interviewed Carrie Maniscalco before and how you guys are like buddies now? And I said, yes. She said, do that again. I want to read her book. So, I got a couple copies of the book. Gave one to Andrea, giving another one away to a listener. Um, and, and you want it. Yeah, it's wonderful. How far along are you? I'm about a third of the way through. So far, so good? Yes. Yeah. Um, I am. I interviewed her. It'll be on the podcast in, I think, a couple of weeks. But for those who aren't familiar, Carrie Maniscalco wrote Stalking Jack the Ripper and Hunting Prince Dracula, both of them number one New York Times bestsellers. And Thomas Cresswell, one of the most dreamiest boys out there. He's one of the most dreamiest, yes. Uh, so it is all about Audrey Rose Wadsworth, who it's, it's almost like, no, Sherlock Holmes is a bad example, but it's like she has this crime duo yes. with Thomas Cresswell. And they solve murdery things. Basically, when stalking with stalking Jack the Ripper is her, her mom died years ago, and her uncle is a not not quite a mortician. He's like a science dead people body person. Yeah, there's yeah, like a um. um Oh my god! Uh, you know you get you know what I'm talking about. Uh, uh, like an autopsy kind of a guy. Kind, like yeah, a, but he also like has classes and he teaches other 
young gentleman yes. how to autopsy bodies, and he gets the Jack the Ripper bodies. Yeah, victims to <laughs> autopsy, and she's like, "I'm going to help," and she does. Yes, basically, she does what the police can't. Right. No offense, police assigned to the Jack the Ripper case. Yeah. No, no offense, <laughs> police in the fictitious England that Carrie well, has created. Well, the police in the real England. Couldn't this figure it true. out either. Yeah. So this particular one, the two of them, Audrey and her dreamy partner in crime, Thomas Cresswell, are en route to New York on a ship kind of similar to the Titanic. And but not. That's not where this is going. That's not where this is going. <laughs> There's a carnival on the ship, and the carnival, spoiler alert, is a murdery carnival. <laughs> And so there's a carnival that you can't escape because you're on a boat, which you can't escape. And we talk a lot about in the podcast how creepy boats are and how you're just there the whole time. And how creepy carnivals are. And how creepy carnivals are, And carnivals on boats. And I told her all about, um, speaking of past podcast guests, once we stopped recording, I told her all about um, Daughter of the Burning City by Amanda Foodie. And she's like, oh, my God, that sounds so much better. I should have read that about that carnival first. (laughs) And it was adorable. Um, so this one is called Escaping from Houdini. Uh, you probably noticed the theme there. Stalking Jack the Ripper, hunting Prince Dracula, Escaping from Houdini. They're all famous people based on real things. Um, the last one I have is called The Dark Descent of Elizabeth Frankenstein by Kirsten White. And this That's is... a nice transition. Thank you. <laughs> Did that by design. I applaud. Kind of. Um, so... Elizabeth Lavenza hasn't had a proper meal in weeks. Her, her, wow. Her thin arms are covered with bruises from her caregiver, quote unquote, and she's on the verge of being thrown into the streets until she's brought in to the home of Victor Frankenstein, an unsmiling, solitary boy who has everything except a friend. So they form a close relationship. Elizabeth does everything she can do to make herself indispensable, and it works. She's taken in by the family and rewarded with a warm bed, delicious food, and dresses in the finest silk. They are I feel like there's a catch. There might be a catch. Let's read on, dear reader, <laughs> dear listener. Uh, soon she and Victor are inseparable, but her new life comes at a price. As years pass, Elizabeth's survival depends on managing Victor's dangerous temper and entertaining his every whim. Creepy. No matter how depraved, double creepy. Uh, <laughs> behind her blue eyes and sweet smile lies the calculating heart of a girl determined to stay alive at no matter the cost. As the world around her is consumed by darkness. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. So this sounds like it's in a, a historical fiction YA book about the wife of Victor Frankenstein. Of course, it's not real because Victor Frankenstein wasn't real. I don't know if you knew that. He didn't have a wife either, so. Yeah, all this, spoiler alert. No, that was actual true. Um, but yeah, The Dark Descent of Elizabeth Frankenstein. It's horror and like I've secretly been ready for fall for like two months now. Are you kidding? You've been tweeting about fall since the beginning of August. Yeah, that's Because I yelled at you because you wanted to skip my birthday month and that was unacceptable. Listen, I also want to skip October because I want to skip September on October. October is my favorite month of the year. I want to skip it because I want my damn house. (laughs) (laughs) I want my house, you guys. Tired of living with mommy and daddy? Oh my goodness gracious. I love my parents. They're wonderful. It's just a lot because my siblings live close and they all have a million kids. So there's always people there and it's a long, mainly it's just the drive. It's a long drive. I'm sure it mostly the drive. I'm sure if they lived five minutes from here, you'd be like, well, I can tolerate it till November. Way better. It's all right. Two months, you guys. None of you care. Um, I bet there's someone out there who cares. Maybe. Are there other, well, Alex doesn't listen, so she doesn't care because she's not listening. Christina, you care. Thank you. Because you'll live right down the street. Yes, that's true. 
Uh, are there were there other books that you want to talk about? Yeah, go. Speaking of Victor, segue into my book. Ooh. Unplanned, guys. Unplanned. Wow, professionals. So this book is a sequel to the book that came out in 2013. Five years, guys. <laughs> Been waiting for this book for five years. I was gonna say the book that came out in 2013. There's probably more than one book that came out in 2013. So, Vengeful by V.E. Schwab comes out at the end of September. And if you haven't read Vicious, you still have time. Oh, you stole that from my desk because it was signed, right? Yes, I did. Yes. I was like, this is mine. Thanks. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> and I ran away before you could stop me. Yeah, it's okay. So what's Vicious about? <laughs> so Vicious is about these two um, roommates, Victor and Eli, and they fig- they're they very, very smart. And they figure out how to become superheroes. Mm-hmm. Basically, you have to like bring yourself to the brink of death or you have to die and be resuscitated and depending on how you die determines how you get these superpowers that's awesome so they get their powers eli goes rogue frames victor this is all in the synopsis don't yell at me and then victor gets out of jail and he's like coming for you eli (laughs) so so there's that Mm -hmm. and then vengeful is um it's about sydney who joins Victor's team. Sydney once had Serena, beloved sister, betrayed enemy, powerful ally. But now she's alone except for her thrice dead dog. Yes, guys, the dog dies. But thrice comes, dead. Comes back. Um, doll, and then there's Victor who thinks Sydney doesn't know about his most recent act of vengeance. Victor himself is under the radar these days. Being buried and reanimated can strike concern even if one has superhuman powers. But despite his own worries, his anger remains. And Eli ever still has yet to pay for the evil he has done. Would you call these human beings extraordinary men or X-Men, perhaps? I would say they could even be on the X-Force. Ooh. I would say it, does, it sounds very <laughs> Magneto and Charles Yeah, because Eli kind of goes on this power trip mm-hmm. where he stops other people with superpowers. Mm-hmm. But not in a vigilante kind of way. In the way that he thinks he's doing good, but... Like, Victor's like you're not you're not doing good. You're doing very bad things. Yeah, you Homo sapiens and your guns. <laughs> That's from one of the X Men movies. That's Magneto. That sounds really good. It is really good. I um, have to steal that back. I really liked Vicious. I think I read that in like three days, mm-hmm. and then I was like, okay, more. And then Vengeful sat on like you know, my Goodreads list with no cover and no synopsis for years. And then V. E. Schwab was like, hey guys, guess what? <laughs> She's a busy gal. She does. She has. She has the darker shades of magic books, and let me see if I can see two different. She does Victoria so Schwab. And there is a trick. Schwab. If she pro- produces, publishes under V. E. Schwab, young adult, adult, adult. Victoria Schwab is young adult. Yes, a lot of people do that just yeah. so they can delineate. Zoraida Cordova does that because she also writes adult romance. Yeah, and she's like, I'm a YA author. I don't really want people discovering <laughs> that other one. Um, were there more? That was the one you want to talk about, right? That was the one I really want to talk about. That sounds really, really good. I mean, okay. you already mentioned Seven and a Half and Houdini, so. It true. I did do that. So, okay, cool. Um, well, thank you for, for joining me so I didn't have to talk into a microphone by myself for a half hour. That would have been terrible. You're welcome. Anytime you want to not look like a crazy person okay. and lock yourself in a room to talk to yourself. Yeah. I. <laughs> it was, guys, it was super good. The room that we record in is there's a door, but... No it, windows. <laughs> no windows. Well, there's one window into the other recording studio, but the door locks from the inside, 
and I lock it when I'm recording so people don't just walk in randomly. And so Andrew's just sitting there and I like, made eye contact with you and like leaned over and like locked the door and you're like, that's don't do that. That's gross. I, I could also leave very easily. That's what I said. I was like, you could also just open the door every time you want. Um, you say anytime. I may need you for next week too. We'll see. Just saying. I will be here every day but Monday. Okay. Well. And Friday. Okay. Well, we'll just, we'll make it work. We'll figure it out. So it's repair companies, man. That's true. I'll call you between 8.30 and 9 with a two-hour window of when I'll be there. <laughs> well, we'll coordinate our schedules and we'll see if I can get the cable company in here on time to record with Andrea. So, all right. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it, buddy. You are very welcome. And I hope you guys all enjoy these Pal. wonderful September books on the Professional Book Nerds podcast. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com, and our library friends can add these titles to their collections and marketplace. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media? Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. 